put a content warning on Flemmy on the pre-pod. I mean, I'm just a Flemmy boy, but at the same time, I don't know what it is about my body, but if I eat a large meal, it just like decides, okay, it's mucus time now. That's gross. It's really gross. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Uh, it's awful, but, you know, it doesn't seem like it's medically significant, and I don't know if there's (laughs) any sort of treatment for random food-induced phlegm, so... Doctor, can you help me? I'm flimmy. Yeah. But only after I'm my tummy very full. Well, not only, just especially. I'm flimmy all of the time. Like, I constantly have, like, post-nasal drip. It's bad. <clears throat> have you contemplated not being that? I've contemplated it really hard. <laughs> tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at Gay Space Rock. No, you can find me on the internet at RoomWearPod. You can find the show on the internet at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is my pink-hued co-host, August. Nope. Incorrect. That's not true. <laughs> but yes, I am here. I am August. I'm not in like a gendered way. Like, you know, like you've been you've been turned into like a magical crystal gem zombie. I mean, I guess. But also, I. I feel like. Being pink hued would be a fate worse than death. I, <laughs> I do not care for the color pink whatsoever. So I don't know. I feel like there's definitely fates that are worse than death, uh, that are worse than pink, being pink. Have you ever tried it? Anyway, (laughs) guess. Hello, I'm here. I'm August. I'm not pink, but actually I will be. By the time this drops, I will have been to the beach and back, so I'll probably be very red, actually. So um, (laughs) you can find me on the internet at HarpyDora. And that's it. That's me. Sick. Uh, let's see. Cartoon news. Um, oh, our flag means death got renewed today. Also, happy pride. Welcome happy to pride. the month where corporations consider us people. Yep. Oh, um, God. Did you see the SCP wiki uh, Twitter uh, put up no. a rainbow, uh, put up a rainbow tweet and was like, it's pride month. So now you can forget about our war crimes. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, let's see. In. But yeah. So it's Pride Month. Uh, shit's real gay. Speaking of real gay, our flag means death got renewed. Not really a cartoon, but very relevant to this podcast. Yes, at least half this podcast and a good portion. Hey, of I am glad that the show got renewed. I think it's a good show and I think it needs to be on. Like there's not a like the, the I, I like I like the show and I would like it to continue to go, even though I don't watch it. 
yeah, I think it's I, a good show and I wish it continue. It it's just more relevant to my interests than yours. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, let's see. We didn't honestly get any information about it, just that it had been renewed for a second season. Yeah. Um, which I figured it like I th- thought I figured it would be. It was extremely popular. The show's cheap as shit to make. Like it's a slam dunk all the way around. HBO continuing to be the gayest streaming service. Some goddamn fucking how. Don't know. Um. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. they got the our flag means that they got that gentleman Jack show. Harley Quinn. Uh. Uh. Somebody. Oh. In. Somebody was like. Uh. To the guy who. Or not the. Yeah. To like one of the writers for Young Justice. They were like. Hey, could you stop having all these woke politics in your show? It's really alienating. And he was like, I'm just going to take all the straights out. I'm going to take every straight white man out of the show. Every one of them. They're all gone. How about that? How about that now? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, Jesus. Hell yeah. Um, So that was that was fun to see on the interwebs. Um, let's see. We got anything else? We got any other cartoon news? Uh, uh, didn't, uh, season two of Owl House end? Yeah. I was going to talk about that in the, the watching. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I don't see... Uh, there's going to be a live-action Pinocchio movie. I would say why, but it's entirely to retain the IP. Well, yeah, it depends. Probably. Which one? Are you talking about the Disney one, or are you talking about the Guillermo del Toro one? No, the Disney one. Yeah, it's entirely Honestly, to Disney's going to remake a movie, remake Pinocchio and Dumbo. Those Both those movies are They They really already did old. Dumbo. I know. It still sucked, but... Uh, Dumbo is not a very good movie. I don't like Dumbo very much. It's like a, it's like 14 minutes long. Mm. It's just one sad elephant and a bunch of racist crows. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't see. Oh, 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 oh. Um, did you see that they're making a goddamn, a goddamn Velma cartoon? No. Yeah, they're making a Velma cartoon. It's like an adult animated series Velma cartoon. So does that mean she and Daphne are going to kiss? No, it's just Velma. I cannot stress enough that it's a Velma cartoon. I do not believe Daphne is in it. Though they might make the Velma gay. I mean, what do you mean make? I mean, Velma is absolutely a lesbian. There's no... There's no way around it, but I mean, this is this is true, but the something we haven't ever wild. gotten a show with the balls to to put that out. True. Um, did we talk about multiverses last time we recorded? I don't think so. So this like new multiverses, like it's like DC or not? D, it's Warner Brother properties. Um, so it's like a platform fighter, a la the Smash Bros. Um. And I guess in the vein of the Nickelodeon one, 
Um, but this one's like all Warner Brothers characters. So there's like a Superman and a Batman and a Wonder Woman, right? Okay, and Harley Quinn's there. It's like the animated series Harley Quinn. Cool, great. Also, Arya Stark is there. Jake and Finn from Adventure Time. Garnet and Steven. So, like fucking Ultra Instinct Shaggy is in this motherfucker, as well as Velma. Fucking wild. Um, there are more characters to come, including the Iron Giant. Everyone was real mad about the Iron Giant being in it because they're like, he's not a weapon. I'm like, guys, it's a platform fucking fighter. Yeah. None of these characters should be in this goddamn thing. Except maybe Arya Stark. Like, that yeah, one makes I'm, sense. She does love murder. Just a whole She bunch. really does. Um, I mean, I get it. It's like in the antithesis of like what that movie was about. But that's not really what the platform fighter is here for. No. Yeah, actually, um, we did we did briefly mention that it exists, but we didn't discuss it any further. Okay, let's see. Um, that's all I can think of. Uh, August, have you watched any cartoons? I feel like I have, but I'll be damned if I can remember. I I don't even <laughs> remember like what YouTube I've been watching. Like I like I said pre-pod, it's been a real like no thoughts head empty past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um I've just been head down on working on a bunch of stuff so I could clear my calendar before uh before I leave on vacation. So I've heard that 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 their Chippendales Rescue Rangers movie is pretty good. I think it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, I've I've heard one person say that it was pretty okay, and I've heard one person say that it sucked. So mm-hmm. it's probably know. somewhere between that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What have I watched? Uh, Young Justice is beginning to wrap up, and it's pretty fun, pretty wild. Um. Oh, the Kenobi's dropped. Um. The Obi-Wan Knubin show. Uh, it's pretty good. Like Ewan McGregor being back. Always fun. I wished I, ca- um, I I wish I cared about Star Wars. I love Ewan McGregor. I enjoyed him as Obi-Wan when I watched the prequel movies ages ago, but like You don't really need much to you don't need to care much about Star Wars. If you like that character, he's just back as that character. Um <laughs> The first episode is really just kind of like an introduction to status quo. The second episode has like a solid kind of like, you know, like in uh, in uh, Attack of the Clones when Obi-Wan's doing investigator mode and he's walking around trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with the assassination attempt. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, it's basically that. It's kind of like a noir um, investigative rescue sort of thing okay. like uh, obi-wan is like the gumshoe who or the the private eye who's been been out of service for a while gets pulled back into the shit it's that got that sort of vibe i haven't watched the third episode it hasn't come out yet but uh it's been been good been good okay um <clears throat> i have questions about canon but those don't matter to the casual audience so i mean does does canon actually manage uh actually matter to Star Wars itself at this point? 
I mean, Disney usually keep the thing that's confusing is a thing happens that I was under the impression didn't happen until later. Um, though we haven't seen the ramifications of that, so maybe that those things are still true. Um, but the thing is, it's like a Dave. Uh, the person who really cares about canon is one David Filoni, mm-hmm. <laughs> who I yeah. believe is the producer on this, and it's like a thing from one of his shows that's getting contradictory. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. Um, but uh, so, but we'll see. I'm sure there's an explanation, or who gives a shit? Frankly, um, it's just it's weird because there <laughs> it would be one thing uh, if it was just, OK, it's countered like it's oh, it's like taking parts of the canon that was established in Rebels out. Um, but like the thing is, like, it's not like the characters from Rebels are never going to be seen again because like Sabine and Chopper and Hera are going to be in the Ahsoka series. And I imagine also Ezra will be in the Ahsoka series because those three are going to be there. And that's what they're there for. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Not me. Um, Just seemed like a weird, weird choice. Uh, Like the actress, but uh, that the the one apparent also Star Wars fans continue to be pieces of shit. Good job. Stay classy, Star Wars. Oh, what happened? Uh, just they're being racist again, as usual, toward a woman. <laughs> of course. Uh, the, the tried and true Star Wars fan tactic. Let's see. Anything else? Oh, yeah. I watched the Owl House finale, uh, season finale, before we start the moving. Um, don't know how. I I really like that. It was a great finale. Absolute banger finale. Some real Empire Strikes Back shit, which I love. Um, love like my favorite format is like, th- like your season two. Everybody ends on a down note. Uh, then we move to season three, right? Like my favorite. It's my favorite fucking trope. I love it. I love to tear my heroes down so they can get back up. Um, but uh, I just every time I'm like, hell yeah, that was so fucking good. I remember that Disney has chopped the legs out from underneath the show for its third season. I get pissed off again. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck off, Disney. So. All right. I don't think I have any more cartoon things I watched or shows in general. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, let's get the fuck into it. So we got some it to get into. This week, we are starting season motherfucking five. Uh, We are watching four episodes stuck together, the trial off colors in Lars's head. Um, First up is stuck together, came out on um, May 29th, uh, leaked online on May 10th. Um, It was written by just Jesse Zook. Huh. I think that's the first time only one person has written and storyboarded an episode. Yeah. It's definitely huh. infrequent enough to stand out. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, 
Oh, this episode synopsis. This is good. This is this one's a piss take for sure. Um, official synopsis. Stephen and Laura spend some time together. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh my god. I gotta respect them on that one. Oh, Alrighty. So, following the events of I Am Your Mom, I Am My Mom, I'm In Your Mom, uh... Mm. <laughs> is that not the right is that not the title of the episode don't like that no okay <laughs> uh following the events of i and my mom aquamarine is uh pretty fucking stoked that she caught rose quartz who is obviously actually steven um steven is really trying to put on a brave face about how he's he's this evil fucking murderer that they all think he is um, and he's extremely glad that everybody is safe back on Earth. As he's experiencing, uh, that relief that everybody is safe, Topaz comes up from the bottom of the ship carrying goddamn Lars. Lars is still on the fucking ship. Um, Lars and Steven have a bit of a fucking tit-for-tat, uh, after they, like, Topaz, the Topazes fuse back together into Topaz, um, trapping Steven and Lars inside of their, their fucking massive body. Um, while, uh, Aquamarine kind of fucks off to go radio back home to Homeworld, uh, Lars and Steven have a bit of a tit for tat, um, talking about, uh, like, Steven's like, why the fuck are you still here? And he's like, I hid, because I'm a fucking coward, I hate myself, and we get confirmation at this point that Lars, in fact, did ditch the party, um, he did not go to the party, that's why he was... He was out alone. That's how Topaz got him. Um, the ship begins to malfunction at this point after the, uh, Lars and Steven have kind of a heart to heart where they both are like, listen, we're both really fucking scared, but we're going to get through this together. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. Um, the uh, the ship begins to malfunction. Uh, Topaz goes downstairs to deal with the problem. Uh, while she is doing that, Steven and Lars kind of come concoct a plan to try and get a hold of a gym destabilizer. Uh, Steven wants Lars to make lasso out of his pants. This, for the record, this plan was literally never going to work because Steven's pants are not very long because he's not very tall boy. They should have used Lars's pants. Um, uh, in this, Lars has, like, a full-on uh, breakdown uh, because he is just, he's so overwhelmed by the situation. Uh, uh, Steven uh, also begins to have a breakdown that he he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, he doesn't know how he can save uh, Lars from this current situation. He's going into something extremely scary. This situation is really, really fucked, uh, but we're going to get through it together. Um, at this extremely sentimental uh, speech, Topaz um, has a change of heart. She is like, man, I wish Topaz knew just how much Topaz uh, meant to her. And she decides that she's going to help the boys. Um, as the boys are, she frees the boys, first off. Um, and they are about to escape onto an, on an escape pod when Aquamarine comes down. She's like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, Topaz and Aquamarine have a big goddamn fight. Topaz getting the upper hand on Aquamarine, who is probably arguably more powerful than Topaz. Uh, but Topaz is about to fuck her up 
when Aquamarine is like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you get to Homeworld? You're going to, like, uh, present to them my gem in your hand? And, like, there's no real way out of this for you. You've got to, like, you've got to get back on the fucking program. Uh, Topaz relents, and uh, Aquamarine is like, listen, let's just not fucking talk about this. Let's just do what we need to do and, yo get these two delivered and that's the end of that episode um star wipe the end <laughs> sorry i forgot that how i usually uh end the episodes it happens to all of us <laughs> god damn it lars yeah yeah god damn it <laughs> lars steven universe Kate, like somehow will make you will make you uh, sympathize with literally every character on its roster except for Ronaldo. I mean, I think that like Rock Naldo was supposed to make us sympathize with him a little bit, but I don't that's... think so. I think he was supposed to be a piece of shit in that episode. I think if anything, the only sympathetic Ronaldo episode is the one in the lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah, which is fair because like that's not a it, the episode is not centered around Ronaldo being a fucking creep bag. It's about Ronaldo, you know, being treated poorly by Lars, Lars the ultimate garbage known, boy. Lars, known person respecter. Yep, definitely. Yep. That's what everybody knows about Lars. Yes, he respects people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, man. This show is like, all right, season five, time to destroy our main character. We must destroy him utterly. Not a molecule of this poor boy will be left behind. This poor child. Uh, I love uh, I loved where he just started yelling that Aquamarine was awful, small and mean. (laughs) I Aquamarine is the like she is the best bit bad guy. Yes. Because she doesn't hang around for long. She's in, like, what? She's probably in, like, a total of five episodes. Yeah. No, it's... One, two... She's probably only in four episodes. She's not even in that many. Like, um... She comes back a little bit later, and that's the last time we see the Aquamarine. Um... But she's great. (laughs) She's like, oh... Oh, I'm terrible? Yeah, I know I'm terrible. I love being terrible. I'm the best. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) but i like how even she like it we get through the lens of like aquamarine and topaz we get like a better understanding of like how fucked homeworld is as a society yeah like you know topaz is seen as this sort of like disposable tool um like that her relationship is like one that is heavily monitored because it's only like it's only allowed because it is useful to the to the fucking empire. And that's as far like that's the only reason that they are allowed to be together. Mm-hmm. And like because they're in the same like social strata. Yeah, exactly. Um, like connection is only allowed as, as, as far as is acceptable to the hegemony. Yes. And like even Aquamarine doesn't like understand, like makes fun of her for this, 
because that is what her position is supposed to do, but also understands like she saves her own fucking skin with her with her uh, her little speech. But the afterwards of like, let's just not talk about this, like does not, in fact, want something bad to happen to Topaz. Like, doesn't want anything bad to happen to herself, most importantly. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah. you know, it it would ultimately look bad on Aquamarine if any of that stuff got out. So, you know, yeah. it was definitely in her best interest not to not to say anything. Yeah, but I, th- I think there is. I, I think there is a level of sympathy that is there that is present inside of Aquamarine in that moment. Like the it's this weariness of like this whole fucking thing that just happened. Yeah. uh, Where the artifice of or the artifice of being aquamarine like breaks down for a minute. Uh, This is a kid show somehow. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, the Stephen. Lars having their heart to hearts really good. Just the episode, like these four episodes are just goddamn banging from top to bottom. Like this is the show. The show is decidedly firing on all cylinders. Yes, 100 percent. I think that I'm not. So I'm not 100 percent convinced that Mm -hmm. Lars is self-aware enough to have some of the conversation that he had with Steven, but I understand Mm -hmm. that it needed to happen. Yeah. Um, Because Lars, I feel like, I feel like Lars, for someone who spends as much time in his own head as Lars does, like, I don't think he's got a really firm grasp on, like, who he is as a person. Yeah, for sure. So, like. I think it's one of those. I think it's one of those things that maybe this would have been a slower burn. But they also kind of got to get to the end of this. Mm hmm. They got to get to the end of this fucking this little arc. And also, I wonder how much of the like I I need to like go back and read the book to figure out what the timeline is. But like, I wonder how much of it is like. Figuring out, Okay, this is the last season, like at the time, they're like, this is the last season of the show that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, no, I mean. You know, I'm not saying that it's mm-hmm. awful or anything like that. It's just that's that's just the one thing that that kind of felt slightly off about this episode. Yeah, he came to like, these. Yeah. Yeah, he he reached conclusions about himself that I don't know that up until this point he has the has demonstrated having the tools to get to. But I mean, it makes sense. Like it's definitely well within his character to be be the wuss that he you know that he admits that he is Mm -hmm. um and you know weirdly i think having that kind of vulnerability is really what steven needed in that moment i think that the kruniverse did a good job of setting it up as Lars being what Steven needs to get through. Um, because I'm not sure that this episode in this particular format would have worked with any, with anybody else who 
was captured by Topaz. Yeah. Because everybody else would have, like, tried to put on a brave face or encourage Steven or... You know, there 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 would have been more playing. There needed to be this like level of just absolute despair because he is he, the odds are stacked way too high against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh, go on. Sorry. Um, and I think that like you know we've we've seen this before with with other like lower level gems being more like in tune with their own feelings even though they're not necessarily you know feelings that are are condoned by the the higher ups i think it's you know topaz's reaction is not only reasonable but is is possibly something that we should have expected at yeah. this point I mean- because Anytime we've seen a rank and file, they've been more emotional than higher up gems so far. Yeah, they're like, because they are essentially the working class of the gem empire, there is there is like a a higher degree. There is a like lesser degree of specific scrutiny on them as long as they keep their heads down and fly under the radar. Mm -hmm. Um, you know much like real life (laughs) uh like if you know if you're you there is like there's a pressure upon them but it's a different pressure than the people like they they do not have to perform uh as as wholly as the uh the 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 folks uh, like on the social structure above them they just have to do enough to like not bring the eye like they are beneath the vision of those at the very top of the ladder mm-hmm. yep topaz is topaz the fastest um i want to murder you to friend uh conversion that steven has done for real real yeah i think so yeah because like lapis started out liking him yeah, Stephen, you know, as far as we can tell, she never wanted to to murder him. He was mm-hmm. one of the first people to treat her like a person since she became the mirror. So, like, she was already primed to want to be his friend. Yeah. And then Peridot took forever. And Jasper never did. In fact, she, he, he, it sort of worked somewhat in reverse with Bismuth. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so Topaz is, uh, yeah, the yeah Topaz is the fastest conversion. Yeah. Steven's very good at his, his actual power is giving inspirational speeches. Yeah. Um, his actual power is the... the power of friendship. Oh <laughs> uh, God. That's in fact true. But the, um, let's see. One thing I did want to to kind of point out, um, just going back a little bit, Mm -hmm. I think it was really important to have Steven explicitly state that he didn't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because, like, that is not 
shown to be a weakness, like having to face scary things makes you want the presence of others to be there with you, even if they can't be there for you. Um, and so it's, it's once again, nice that Steven as the protagonist, isn't one of those protagonists that's just expected to, uh, you know, shoulder, shoulder the burden alone and like glorifying the lone wolf concept. Cause that's just not what Steven is about or what the show is about. Yeah. I think, um, we will get a little bit of a reckoning on like where like Steven's vibe after this, these four episodes in, uh, do we wins? Is that the episode that could, yeah, the, the literally the next episode that would have been in the, the run here. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's good that like, he continues to be like a hero who shows his vulnerability, like knows where his limits are. Crave Steven above it. All else craves connections with other people. That is the thing that he wants. He wants to connect with people and, you know, the big sacrifice of disconnecting himself from his like support network is, uh, Mm -hmm. it's good to see the ramifications of that on him. All right, you want to move on to the trial? Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to the trial. Uh, it also came out on May 9th or 29th, 2017. Jesus Christ, so far. So look at Oh my God. Um, uh, this one was written by Katie Mitroff and Paul Velico. Official synopsis Stephen goes on trial. That's in fact very true. This is exactly what happens. Yep. Got in one. <laughs> this motherfucker is not getting paid by the word. That's for sure. Um, Steven is locked in a cell at the beginning of this episode. He is really trying to, like, psych himself up because he knows he's about to go on trial for uh, the shattering of Pink Diamond. In walks a blue Zircon. Zircons, I guess, are just they're all lawyers. All Zircons are lawyers, I think. Um, and she's like, oh, my God, we're so fucked. Holy shit, we're so fucked. Uh, and she's like, you're like, you're going to be on trial for shattering Pink Diamond. He's like, well, good. I'm guilty. She's like, don't fucking say that. Oh, my God. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, and so uh, she's like, we don't have a whole lot of time to put together your defense. Uh, and in fact, they have almost no time to put on uh, his defense as they are immediately transported to the trial room. Uh, so we meet Yellow Zircon. Um, who is just blue Zircon, but pointier, it would seem. And also yellow. She's not really yellow, though. She's, like, green. Yeah. But much like Peridot is. Um, it's interesting. There's not that many yellow, yellow... I guess because there's not that many yellow actual gems. Duh, Brian. Um, I'm like, <laughs> I wonder why Zircon's not yellow. Because probably Zircon's aren't yellow. Uh, <laughs> I forget that these are real rocks sometimes. Um, uh, yeah, yellow Zircon's here. She's like, you're going to get fucked, blue Zircon. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, blue and yellow pearl show up. They announce in their respective blue and yellow diamonds. Uh, the Zircon's, uh, go through their series of pleasantries, um, with, uh, yellow Zircon, uh, yeah, yeah, Yellow Zircon starts off. Uh, she's basically like, yo, um, Rose Quartz 
fucked up and killed um, Pink Diamond. Uh, we have an eyewitness. Uh, they call an eyeball. Um, eyeballs like uh, I she admitted it. I also saw it. Um, whole thing went down. Uh, Rose Quartz is uh, a piece of shit. And uh, she definitely killed uh, Pink Diamond. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, so at the uh, basically at this yellow zircon uh, ends her case and blue zircon starts. Blue zircon's having a bad time. This is like she is. Uh, apparently they don't I, I'm imagining they don't have that uh, much use for public defenders in a in, in a fucking um, tyrannical uh, empire. Uh, so Blue Zircon's not really uh, sure on how things are going. Um, Blue Diamond wants to know directly from Steven how it was done, how the shattering of Pink Diamond was done. Steven gives kind of like a half ass description of like. Well, I'm sure I jumped out and I was like, uh, you, you have to stop this pink diamond. She was like, no. And we had a probably a cool fight. I distinctly remember saying, Stephen being like, I probably did some, some cool jump kicks. Um, yeah. she's like, no, how did you shatter her? He's like, oh, I, I probably used the breaking point. Blue diamond's like, no, you used a sword. Um, yellow diamond begins to comfort blue diamond um, and the court takes a recess. Blue Zircon confronts Steven, and she's like, what do you mean, ums and probablys? Like, weren't you fucking there? Did you do this or not? And Steven's like, I don't... I was there, but I don't remember it happening. And then Blue Zircon starts kind of, like, putting together the pieces about, uh, like, hey, like, if you can't remember this, no one actually... Like, people claim they saw it, but like it doesn't like a bunch of facts are not adding up. So Blue Zircon, she comes back. She's a goddamn house of fire. She's like, um, oh, also Lars shows up during this whole thing. Lars is there. He plays a very small role in the court proceedings. Um, so Zircon lays out like it's extremely weird that uh, Pink Diamond was shattered by a rose quartz. How the fuck did that happen? Um... How did the Rose, like, at this point in the war, no Rose Quartzes were in Pink Diamond's court. Um, she was a known enemy of the state. Uh, and they say that Pink, or the, like, the, all of the reports say that Rose Quartz just kind of appeared behind Pink Diamond and shattered her. Like, how did she get so close? Did no one see her? Did none of, like, her tenants, her pearls, her agates? Nobody saw this? And finally... Uh, Blue Zircon's like, it had to be a fucking inside job. Somebody with the power and the ability to be able to make this happen. And eventually she blames the diamonds themselves for shattering Pink Diamond. Um, uh, Blue Diamond is shocked by this revelation. Yellow Diamond is infuriated and immediately uh, just squishes um, Blue Zircon and then uh, zaps Yellow Zircon. Uh and blue and yellow start having an argument about uh, yellow being so impulsive. Meanwhile, Steven and Lars, they escape into the palanquin of Blue Diamond and are able to 
uh, drive it just enough to basically like jump out of the built like jump out of the tower that they're in. And this is the first time we get a really good look at Homeworld. It is angular. It is sharp is like a lot of primary colors and off in the distance is a large a torso like carved out of white of a of a figure. Um, Yellow Diamond bursts through the wall uh, and she's like, we're going to hunt you down, Rose Quartz. Uh, I don't remember exactly what she says, but something to that effect. As uh, Steven and uh, Lars fall down below into the subterranean sections of Homeworld Starwipe the End. Oh, boy. Fucking... It's, we're in the shit now. This is the shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I so this is not the first thing that happens in this episode, but I, I like blue and yellow showing up. It's like immediately like, yeah, they're wives. Th- these two are married. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> they are absolutely married. There's not a, a heterosexual thing about these two. Which I think, like, isn't, like, I know, I don't know for a fact, but I feel like is extremely intentional. Like, these are supposed to be, uh, like, they're supposed to be parental figures to Pink Diamond. And because, like, all, you know, gym physiology and biology is extremely complicated. And, you know, they don't have kids per se. But the Diamonds are at the highest level of the social strata, so are capable of having both more and less freedom than all the people below them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into the less freedom part like later into this season. But like Blue and Yellow Diamond, it, 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 it paints a lot of like their actions extremely well, that they have this extreme grief because in their eyes, they lost their kid. Yeah. Um, and we will figure out why they lost their kid uh, at the end, literal end of this season, that's, you know, that, that I'm going to blame that on Cartoon Network. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is going to be the this is decidedly the season of our show where I get pissed off at Cartoon Network multiple times a, an episode. So valid. Um, But it, it's like the the grief and the wanting to know in the. Like it, it, it very much shows these like two people who are grieving and don't really know how to healthily communicate that or because they're both so hurt, they don't know how to comfort the other one. Like it's, it's I like blue. I like blue and yellow. They're very fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's just there are two different styles of being emotionally mm. constipated, I think. Yeah. Uh, just because yellow is just like, okay, fine, it happened, move mm-hmm. on, move on, move on, versus blue just like absolutely wallowing in it. Right. Uh, neither of them taking a particularly healthy stance towards their emotions. Although, I mean, like, blue's superpower is look how hard I can make you cry. So, of course, it makes sense. But, mm-hmm. well, I wonder how long that has been true. Like, I, I wonder if this is just simply a manifestation of this grief that she's felt for so very long, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, Yellow's probably had zappy powers for a long time, 
But like, I can't imagine Blue's power has always been I make you real sad. <laughs> I don't know that her power is necessarily I make you really sad so much as like I make you feel what either what I'm feeling or mm-hmm. what I want you to feel. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's probably I think that is, in fact, her actual power because we get to see the diamonds in future kind of doing some different shit. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just it just so happens that right now all she wants to do is be sad. Yeah. But also for I don't know how many voice acting credits I need to look this up. Ha- Patty Lapone has to her voice acting career. But fuck, does she just kind of kill it? Like voice acting is not as is a whole different sort of discipline to like actual acting. Mm-hmm. And I know Patty Lapone has a significant amount of acting experience. Um, but voice acting is just so much different. And I feel like she really goddamn kills it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, and, and Blue Diamond's uh, uh, voice actor, um, what is her? I don't know her name as well because she's not Patty Lapone and I'm a theater kid. Lisa Hannigan. Lisa Hannigan also does a really fucking great uh, job, too. Mm-hmm. No, I mean... Uh, you know, we've we've said it before and we'll say it again, like the casting in Steven Universe is is pretty much universally superb. Mm-hmm. See if Patty um, Lapone has any weird voice. No. She only voices Yellow Diamond. She is not she does not come back as the voice of Combi or any other weird weird character. Uh Jesus <laughs> Christ. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Fucking Combi. Uh, um, Zircons a lot. Love, I love the Zircons. Yeah, the Zircons are, are great, but they're also a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, what does, you know, what use does a, you know, totalitarian regime have for public defenders, except for maybe just, like, the theater of it. Yeah. Although like, you know, Blue Zircon does seem to be genuinely invested in, you know, trying to to be Steven's defense. So, I don't well, know. I mean, I get the vibe that like this is one of those weird courts where you go down with your client. Yeah, that's true. But also, that can't be true. <laughs> like maybe it's just this one. Where it's like she because she's technically defending a like a traitor to the empire. Mm-hmm. That may be what's up. But but also, like she said, she got assigned to it. Like Yeah. I mean, at the very least, it it definitely seems like Yellow was convinced that this was this was purely theater. I don't think that she had any sort of investment in it being a fair trial or even a trial. Yeah, as far as all. Yellow was concerned, she was going to just summary execute Rose Quartz in the middle of fucking the square. Mm-hmm. It's because I I I guess it's because Yellow's not seeking closure or she's. She's seeking closure in her own way. She thinks that if she can just wipe everything associated with it, she'll have closure. And meanwhile, Blue needs to every little piece of information to have closure when both of them just need to, like, 
like experience their emotions fully. Yeah. Um. Uh, I love that they set up this mystery like right here at the beginning of this season of they're like, oh, who could have possibly destroyed worse? It doesn't work on us. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is it does make a very convincing case. I feel like that it could have possibly been an inside job. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, I mean, it wasn't know. not an inside job, but yeah, not um, in the way that I, it does raise a lot of like the the correct questions of like, like it, it sets into motion this mystery while putting up a, a pretty like I feel like if you didn't know the twist about Rose, like it would be a fairly convincing red herring. Yeah. Like having it be having it be like this does a good job of at least cluing the audience into the concept that there's something more going on here than what we first assumed. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like, oh yeah, Rose Quartz defeated Pink Diamond, that's it. But wait a minute, that's not all that's going on here. Now... You know, they it like you said, it does a really good job of giving us the red herring of maybe it was one of the other diamonds who did it somehow. It but, was, I mean, still a te technically, Blue Zircon's not wrong, which is the great part is that it did take the power of a diamond to be able to do this. <laughs> yes, yes, but uh, yeah, it it's good stuff. It's mm -hmm. really good stuff. Um. A lot of good, a lot of good uh, table setting for what happens later in the season. I'm sure. Um, I do have a dumb note. Uh, who uh, Lars going? Who are those two giant ladies? Was a uh, pretty choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like how he just constantly. She's, he's like those giant chicks when they get into the like the palanquin. Like those giant yeah. chicks seem really mad. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, just cool. complete and utter disregard for for who these people might be. Like, mm -hmm. that's another reason why, you know, a lot of this wouldn't have worked if uh, it had been anybody but Lars, because a lot of the other characters like would have been potentially cowed by mm -hmm. the diamonds in yeah. a way that Lars absolutely he doesn't have enough self-awareness to really understand that he should be cowed at this point, right? Especially he's, because he, he's ahead. like he's so he's so much a stink boy that he is in the presence of literal gods and just is like those are some big chicks, bruh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, these episodes just wouldn't work with anybody else. Truly. Um, glad to see eyeballs back. Yeah, she's she's back. She's doing okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming uh, Navy picked her up, her and the other rubies up. It's probably what happened. Hopefully, I hope they're all okay. <laughs> like they're awful, but I hope they're okay. I feel like the only awful ones are probably Navy, who is who is definitely like frying ants with a fucking magnifying glass somewhere. Yeah, and um, then Eyeball has the anger management problem. Yeah, the other ones seem fine. Yeah. Uh, they're just normal rubies. 
just yeah. living their ruby lives. Um, do do do. All right, anything else about the trial? Um, I really enjoy the the brief glimpse that we get of like homeworld. Um, and like the retro futuristic sort of aesthetic that it's Mm -hmm. got going on in a lot of ways. Like this definitely is like some world of tomorrow kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. with, you know, all of the, the kind of like, I don't know if I'd call it necessarily art deco, but it's got a lot of those, those clean geometric shapes that, that characterize a lot of art deco. Just, uh, it has that decidedly like uh that decidedly sort of like turn of the century oppressive utopianist design to it. Mhm. Like a perfect uh, society, perfect according to the people who designed it. Like, you know, this is the Disney Epcot. Like it's a perfect little mm-hmm. town where everybody has their place and everybody is part of the machine. Mhm. Yeah. Um, oh, also a thing that they, they bring up, but Steven doesn't, Steven, I don't think Steven mentions it, but like Blue has this insistence that Rose was killed or that uh, Pink was killed with a sword when she couldn't have been. Because Rose's sword can't shatter, shatter gems. It was specifically designed not to do that. Because Bismuth says so. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why Bismuth had to make the breaking point to begin with. So, unless Steven mentions it, I, I don't remember him mentioning it. I don't. I feel like that's a thing he should. Either. I feel like that's a thing he would have said to Zircon and been like, "The sword can't even fucking break a diamond." Mm-hmm. So, righty. Do 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 do. Um. Okay. Moving on to Off Colors. Uh, This one came out on also, I guess these all dropped on the same day, May 29th. Um, This one was written by Lamar Abrams and Jeff Liu. Um, Steven finds some new allies. Sure. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Seven out of ten. It's neither funny nor uh, comically on point. So, like, no no real points there. Uh, Steven and Lars manage to escape, crashing the palanquin into the underworld of Homeworld. Um, they, uh, they're a little, uh, the, the, the fall was broken by Steven's bubble. Lars is like, are you okay? And Steven's like, yes, I don't realize it yet, but I cannot die. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, Lars, you'll get there. Uh, they are immediately set upon by uh, a flying robot called a Shattering Robinoid. I think they're just Robinoids. I don't think they're called Shattering Robinoids. I think that's just a moniker that is given to them by the off-colors, but whatever, Steven Universe Wiki. Um, the two try to avoid it, uh, but as they get scanned, uh, Steven's gem is detected. The Robinoid begins to attack. Steven and Lars run through these catacombs of the underworld, uh, we sh- we see that basically the entire underworld of Homeworld is one massive kindergarten. And that almost certainly all of the resources of Homeworld for making gems have been completely, uh, completely stripped out of the planet by consi- considering how big this particular 
uh, kindergarten is. Um, they uh, find they are able to uh, they, they are found by a, a Jim who is a what's her? She's a, a rutile. Yeah, they are found by a, a rutile, the rutile twins. Uh, this is a um, basically like a conjoined twin uh, rutile, I guess is the easiest way to describe them. Um, they're basically they're like one rutile that shares a bottom half in most of a top like in the they have different top halves, except they only have two arms. It's, just look them up. Uh, I don't know why I'm explaining this to you. You've probably either watched the show or you have Google. So you know what the fuck I'm talking mm. about. Anyway, she's like, follow me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they are able to slip inside of a cavern where they meet a group of other runaway gems. Uh, they meet uh, Pad Paracha, who is seems to be some kind of offshoot of a um, sapphire. We meet Rodenite. Um, who is a fusion, and then we also meet, uh, Fluorite, who is also a fusion, but a much, much bigger fusion. Um, for the record, Padparacha is just Padparacha. Uh, Rodenite is a fusion of a pearl and a ruby. And, uh, Fluorite, I don't know if it's explained how, like, what... Let me see if it explains what what all gems are inside of fluorite. At the very least in the episode, they just say that it's six separate gems. I don't think they say. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if it came gems. up in like one of the. Um, uh, one of the book, like, I think it was maybe like I was seeing if it was it's five gems. Um, no, wait, sorry. No, she's sick. Yeah, you're, you're right. Six. Sorry, I was reading at the wrong section. Uh see sorry I'm I'm reading through Nope, yeah, there there's no explanation of what gems are few are make up the fusion of fluorite. Oh well. I didn't know if, like, one of the art books had maybe, like, they had written in, like, a show Bible or something at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, they're like, we're the off-colors. We are, uh, outcasts from society, and we live in these catacombs, because otherwise it will be destroyed. Uh, we're not a metaphor at all. We're not metaphorical at all, they say to Stephen's face. Um... <laughs> Uh, they are. They soon find themselves beset by the Robinoids. Um, they are trying to hide, uh, but during this, uh, the Robinoids are beginning to scan. They're about to scan uh, uh, Rudite, uh, Rutile. Sorry, not Rudite. Jeez, um, Rutile. Uh, when Lars draws their attention, growing a spine for the first time in his entire fucking life. Um, he is scanned by the Robinoids. Uh, determined, we find out at this point the Robinoids can't actually see Lars because he's not a gem. He doesn't have a gem. Uh, so we use that to our advantage, except that the, Robino the Robinoids at this point um, scan Pad Paracha because for those of you who don't know, Pad Paracha's gimmick is that she can uh, she is like Sapphire in that she has visions, but they're only of shit that has already happened. <laughs> um... 
So, uh, she is a meat, she is set upon by the Robinoids, uh, Lars being somehow finding some level of badassery inside of his, his stink boy body. He saves Pad Paracha and, uh, destroys a couple of Robinoids with the help of Steven. Um, they begin to try and continue to fight off the Robinoids, uh, Lars throwing himself bodily in front of, uh, Rodanite, um, to protect her from being scanned, then jumping onto a Robinoid, uh, using a big bit of rock, he bashes at and finally explodes a Robinoid, which hurls him against a rock, um, very hard, and Lars fucking dies. Lars dies, straight up dies, no ambiguity, he is fucking dead. He is dead as shit, um... Everybody is extremely fucking sad because Lars is dead. Steven's having a little fucking breakdown. Um, he's cradling Lars's broken, destroyed body, um, crying over him when one of his tears touches Lars and all of a sudden a pink glow uh, envelops Lars, changing his skin. Um, Lars uh, suddenly wakes up um, with a badass scar over his right eye, uh, and Lars asks the question of what happened, followed by Pad Paracha making a late prediction, star wipe the end. God. <laughs> I fucking love Pad Paracha. She's so cute. <laughs> the gimmick works so, it should be annoying, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I also enjoy that, like, like outside of it being actively dangerous for hit for for some of the, the group sometimes like everybody's chill with pad for like no one's mean to pad for Ratcha. they're like yeah this yeah. is just how she is um so that's fun uh i like all the off colors they're great we will get to see more of them as you can, as, okay. as you know, after the last episode. Um, yeah. Uh, I love, like, all of the weird little details, too, of, like, um, like, Rodenite's personality is very much like a combination of, of, of a Pearl and, like, a, a Ruby of the personalities mm -hmm. that we've seen from both of those. Of just being mm -hmm. extremely on edge <laughs> all the time. Um, but also it's very cute because you know that like they, they like it's it's Rodanite is extremely the exact same story of is is probably almost exactly the same story as you know Sapphire and, and Ruby, right? Yeah. Um It's extremely Ish. I mean Yeah. I don't know. I still I still get the impression that pearls are more like accessories than people, but Yeah, but I mean uh yeah, that's fair cuz sapphire was probably probably like ruby and a uh, ruby and pearl are probably closer to the same social strata. Cuz arguably yeah. what it was is like what uh their what do they call it? Uh who was their Because uh, she mentions, she 
she mentions the... I want to say it's Morganite. Yeah, I think you're right. It's Morganite. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's... um. They mention their Morganite getting extremely mad, which is probably, like, like their Morganite was, um, like, you know, the Pearl was probably that Morganite's attendant and the Ruby being her, like, bodyguard or whatever. So they spent a whole lot of time together. Um, mm-hmm. There was apparently, at one point in time, there was planned to be a Rodanite backstory episode, but they didn't do it because, you know, they got their shit axed. Aww. And they didn't they they felt like it wasn't necessarily like it didn't really fit into the story they were trying to tell with future. So, yeah, but they talk about it. It's talked about in the one of the like the the second art book. So I need to get both books. Um, I should just order two copies and send some to you and send like we'll both read them. Um, Patreon content for a non-existent Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also love that Florite, like, she speaks real slow because, like, si- like I think that the idea is, like, it's, like, six minds all having to process and, like, come to an agreement on shit that they're trying to say. Yeah. It's very good. I love the, the, the intimation that mm-hmm. she's just like, yeah, if we find the right gem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just a, a big old giant polycule that looks vaguely like the very hungry, hungry caterpillar. Right, right. You get a tap on your shoulder at the bar, turn around to fluoride, and she's like, we noticed you from across the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I also like the, the Rutile twins. They're very fun, too. All of the yes. doll colors are all very fun. They're great characters. They have really good personalities from the jump. Um, mm-hmm. Like they, they, they really like they do a good job of mirroring the gems as we know them back on Earth. Like they're the closest. The they're not homeworld gems in that sense. Uh, but yeah. they're like they're the dark timeline version of our of our crystal gems. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Lars dies. Yeah, he fucking bites it. Yeah, and pretty like as br- like it is as brutal as Steven Universe will probably ever get. But like they just throw his goddamn ass against a fucking rock real hard. You're like, oh, he did. <laughs> he died right there, huh? That's we witnessed Lars die on camera. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Is that what you were expecting out of this episode, August? No. <laughs> I I was expecting a a weird like racism metaphor, which weirdly I don't think I don't despite the off colors, you know. They are just a kind of, they are just a generic, like, now that we're, we are on Homeworld and we see Homeworld, it is more, like, it's, it's like the Crooniverse is, like, understands their metaphor a lot better when it comes to Homeworld. Yeah. That, like, anyone outside of the norm, be it, like, skin color, sexual orientation, anything, anything that is not in service to the Empire, like, that is like under fascism anything that is 
is outside is outside like it is to be destroyed yeah yeah and you know i i'm still not sure if it 100 percent works like i you know i feel like there's definitely elements of like disability politics here mm-hmm. uh you know queer politics that kind of thing um but uh yeah, it's definitely better than than like a racism metaphor. I think for sure. I think it's because the off colors are all presenting different things. Yeah, it, I think that's why it works a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's because they're so they they are broad, but you can see you can see why they are othered by like by the society. Like very clearly because of our knowledge of the crystal gems back home, um, mm-hmm. and I like I I think they do a lot, but this time around, much they do much better than they did in Rocknaldo. <laughs> yes, yes, but um, I was expecting a racism metaphor. I did not really get that, and mm-hmm. I did not expect Lars to fucking bite it. What did you think I was talking about when I said the thing with Lars happens? Um, I was expecting like a a face turn mostly. Oh, okay. I mean, that's not you're not which, not wrong. Yeah. Which, you know, we got, mm-hmm. but I wasn't expecting, you know, I I'd had no further idea or inclination around like what the face face turn would entail i am I so certainly did not expect it to entail death yeah i am so happy i have been able to keep pictures of pink lars away from you for years now <laughs> <laughs> jesus because he's just pink for the rest of the show now yeah also i guess he also probably weren't expecting a weird origin story for lion no i mean i <laughs> I knew that Lion got explained, but I didn't realize it was this. <laughs> uh, it's great. I love it. I just like we I remember just because like because these all just dropped at the same fucking time, right? Like all in the same mm-hmm. night. I'm just like I watched this episode and Ari and I are like, what the fuck? Holy fuck. <laughs> Uh, it was. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um. Uh, good to know that Stephen is Jesus it's and true. can bring people back to life. Um, frankly, one of the less egregious uh, Jesus metaphors. Although realistically, that's that's actually probably not true. I mean, mm. Rebecca Sugar is Jewish, so I don't think that there's legitimately going to be a Jesus metaphor in Steven Universe. But I feel like it's a, Steven a fun would, little joke. Steven would have to die and become resurrected. I feel like to be Steve, to be a Jesus metaphor. So arguably, Lars is Jesus now. Wow. Stink boy, son of Christ, son of God. Um, Lars. No. 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 Uh, I'm glad I just, I'm glad I figured out what the episode title for this episode is going to (laughs) be. 
my brother in Lars. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um let's go ahead and like blaze through Lars's head real quick and then we'll pull it all together. Yeah. Um Lars's head also on the 29th, Jeff Liu and Madeline, I do not know how to pronounce this person's name. Um, Q-U-E-R-I-P-E-L. Purple? Uh, purple. Quirple. Queerple. It's either Quirple or Queerple. Queerple. Something. I'm sorry, Madeline. If somebody knows the pronunciation, mm -hmm. please tell me. Because I am sure that she is going to um, continue to be a writer on the show. And I would like to get her name correct. Um, right now we're going to go with Queerple. Because uh, it's Pride Month. Uh... <laughs> Official synopsis. Lars finally let Steven in. <laughs> oh Back, baby. God. This is good. That's a good one. Oh, my God. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. So after Lars Steven. <laughs> after Steven resurrects Lars from the fucking dead. Um. Uh, Lars has a little bit of a fucking freak out considering that, you know, he was dead, right? Um, Steven asks him a bunch of questions like, do you hurt? Are you okay? Are you hungry? Are you hot? Are you cold? And all of which Lars replies to, no, uh, I don't feel anything anymore, Steven. I, <laughs> um, that's not exactly true. He's just, he's, he's fine is, is the, the real thing. Um, the they are about to be set upon by some other uh, shattering robinoids uh, when they block the entrance. Uh, Steven is extremely strong <laughs> and they're all like, holy shit. Um, the Steven uh, realizes that if he is still around, the robinoids are going to continue to hunt after them because he they are after he kind of figures out they are after him Um and that they need to find a new ro uh, hiding spot, but Rodenite points out that they'll be completely exposed. Uh, and Fluorite points out, but if we stay here, we're definitely going to get caught. Uh, Lars has uh, understandable questions that if he, is he a zombie now? Um, <laughs> Seems like I don't think you're a zombie because you can talk, which I don't. That George A. Romero has some concerns about that when it comes to later dead movies, but okay. Um, uh, Steven notices that Lars's hair has, like, changed color and consistency. It's very poofy. And he goes to touch it. It glows real bright. Uh, and then we find out that Lars's hair is exactly like Lion's fucking mane. Um. Uh, Steven is like, hey, I want to try something, but I don't want to because I don't think you're going to want me inside your head. Um. Steven, he, Lars asks if Steven's gonna possess him again, and Steven says no, and Lars is like, fuck it, man, let's just, this has already been a weird fucking day, let's go. So Steven gets into Lars's head, um, 
and we come up inside of the like the negative space that's inside of Lion's Mane. We see a new island and across the way, the old island that has all of Rose's stuff on it. Steven makes his way over to the uh, the other island and pops out of Lion's Mane. He's like, oh, my God, I'm back on Earth. Holy shit, water. And he begins drinking just a ton of water. He's like, oh, my God, food. And he eats a bunch of food. Um, which has me wondering exactly how like, I wonder how long the timeline was here. Like, was it days, like a day? I mean, even after like one day, I would be hungry as shit and thirsty as fuck. So even if it was just 24 actual, it seems to be just 24 hours because the gems, like Connie is still with the gems and everything when they come back later on. So anyways, fuck it. Keep going, Brian. Jesus. Um, Steven makes up a bunch of stuff, uh, brings it back to Lars. Uh, He, uh... He tells him that, like, basically now Lars is like a portal to Earth and that they can all escape through Lars's head back to Earth. And Lars is like, uh, excuse me, one second. How the fuck am I going to do that? And Steven's like, oh, shit. Um, so after a bit of trying, St- uh, Lars cannot swallow himself into a portal. Um, and Lars is like, listen, you just you got to go. You guys have got to go. I can stay behind here until you figure something else out. I can't be detected. You guys have got to go. Um, and the off colors are like, no, we're not leaving you behind, Lars. You sacrificed yourself for us. We're going to stay here with you. You don't know the place. We're going to take care of you now. And Lars is like, oh, guys, that's really nice. But Steven, you really got to get the fuck up out of here because they're not going to stop. Like, it's more dangerous for you here than anywhere else in the fucking galaxy. Um, also, you know, somebody's got to go back to fucking Earth and tell them that we're all okay. So Steven acquiesces. He appears through Lion's Mane just as the gems get back uh, with Connie and Greg. Um, They are still very upset about Steven's disappearance until they finally notice uh, that he's there. Uh, Everybody has a tearful reunion. Star wipe the end. Um... Yeah, honestly, just picking back up the conversation that we had before. (laughs) Yeah, this is a these episodes are re- re- really should just read all of the fucking all, like should have just done these as one big block. But I feel like eh, off colors and Lars's I've, head are more connected than stuck together in the trial. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I I was not expecting to learn why Lion is pink. Mm-hmm. Um, But here we are. We know um, why Lion is pink. We don't know how Lion got pink, though. Like, we don't know what happened. We never get an actual... Lion continues to be basically a fucking black box, backstory-wise. I mean, I feel like it's... It's fairly straightforward. One of Rose's lions died. She was very sad about it. Mm -hmm. She cried on on the lion, and then the lion was what we know as lion today. Yeah, it's interesting because one would assume Lion is the first and only organic being that Rose healed or brought back from the dead at the very least. Yeah. Because we know that uh, Stephen can't cure a shattered gem. Do we know that? Stephen can't Uh, cure a shattered gem. Let's just, we'll, uh. Mostly because, like, for one, he would need literally every piece of the Shattered Gem. Yeah. Oh, hey. And. Yeah. hmm? Steven cannot cure. Yeah. We know in the future we will find out. Steven cannot cure Shattering by himself. 
Yeah. And and we've already kind of established that like shattered gems <laughs> are like the shards of the shattered gems are their own people anyway, mm-hmm. af- in a manner of speaking. So sort of they're like fragments of a consciousness. They they maintain a certain amount of sentience on their own. Yeah. Though I wouldn't necessarily say they're like a hundred percent aware, like just a single shard. But when I guess when you combine them together, though, they become like I mean, the the, the cluster is a weird example. <laughs> yeah, it's a massive hive mind of like bits and pieces of a consciousness. Yeah. Um. But uh, I like the. G- generally, this like wraps up this arc extremely well. I feel like this this mm-hmm. is a tight four episode arc. Like it really is. It's really good. I feel like you could probably outside of the Lars stuff, because I feel like you need to know who Lars is, though. They do a pretty good job of like Lars is a character that you can read from a mile of fucking way. Also, Lars's shirt Mm -hmm. is glow in the dark, which is fun. I did not notice that, but that yeah, that's fun. Yeah, the skull on his shirt glows in the dark and it like it it turns the like a weird green glow in the dark color when they're in the, the cavern. Nice. Um. And also now he has like a permanent portal back to back to wherever Lars is. So it's a g- yeah, interesting. Stephen r- has <laughs> Stephen has a portal through the nether to mm-hmm. homeworld now. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that I feel like the, the Z space of the fucking wherever that's inside of yeah. Lion's uh, main is different from the ne- like is nicer than the nether. I mean, yes, but it's it's the same concept. You have point A and that links to the nether and point B that links to the nether. And then you have a, a way between the two in the nether that is significantly shorter than the overland distance. Mm, fair. Um, but much less pigmen, though. Yeah. Uh, that we know of. Um, they could be there. We don't know. Uh, seems to go on forever. So, <laughs> yeah. I wonder how they're like, okay, we need to get, I wonder how, like, how mercenary some of the decisions are storyline wise, though, with this. I'm like, all right, how do we get Steven back off of Homeworld? He could steal a ship. Mm -hmm. No, that's really slow. They could track him. Like, we need to be able to, like, it's one of those things where it's like, we need to sideline the diamonds for some amount of time. Mm-hmm. Because we've got a whole season that we have to get through. We've got a lot of shit to work through, and the diamonds are the big bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, the. Uh, but I, you know, I feel like this is a clever way out of that, while while staing true to like the lore that's already been established. And expanding. Yeah, on I it. agree. And I mean, it's it's very convenient because it's it's a way to give them instant access back to Homeworld if mm-hmm. they need it later. Yeah, uh, definitely. That kind of thing. Lars stays on Homeworld. <laughs> uh huh. He definitely stays there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna lose your shit next time we see Lars. <laughs> oh boy. If you thought they did some deep cut anime bullshit before, just wait till we get to Lars of the Stars. 
Oh boy. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, but, I feel um, like there's just like not outside of like, oh, okay, this is cute. I don't like the off color stay with him. Like we we create the away team. Uh, yeah, and I mean like the the off color staying there is you know to help someone else who is undesirable by society. You know is. I could easily see as being a metaphor for like, you know, just because you know, just because things are bad in a place doesn't mean mm-hmm. that like you should automatically abandon it because you'd be leaving behind other vulnerable people uh, who could benefit from your mutual aid yeah. kind of thing. And also like community, like despite being on the outside of society, community is cre- like will and is created. Mm hmm. And community is what's going to keep you, you know, safe within a certain bounds of safe. Mm-hmm. So the season five really ramps up the like queer narratives. I mean, it's not like they were very uh, subtle previous to season five, but like season five ramps them up, which is good. I, I feel like they, they get a single because I think it's the oh shit, we're only going to get this season. Also, the reason we're getting canceled is because the, because we're going to, because of our queer messaging, fuck it, let's double down. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're going out, let's go out in a fucking blaze of queer glory. Yeah. So. Uh, and I, f- like, I looking at this episode list, it remind like, it reminds me, like, Season five is the most like all thriller, no fucking filler episodes. It's like we are tying up everybody's storyline. Shit is getting fucking handled. Um, because mm-hmm. I don't think yeah, there there there's nothing in here I would even call like a towny episode, and eh, maybe. No, no, because like really, they are all pushing like characters and like finishing up their storylines, even when they're townies. Like, because again, uh, Steven Universe doesn't have filler episodes except for like maybe one or two that are close. But a yeah. lot of times, it's just it is pushing character development. Yeah. Um. Yeah, honestly, like the closest I can think of to filler arc is the the community play one. Yeah, with, uh, Stephen and Jamie. Yeah, that- and even then we got a little bit of backstory on like the the state of uh, Beach City. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's probably the absolute closest one to like an app, like straight up and down filler. But it also does a good job of setting like they they come back to like in in hindsight it refer like it gets referenced a surprising number of times going forward. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I think that's it when it comes to comes to the beginning of season five. Yep. Uh, next we oh, go on. Sorry. Wait. Hmm. We did have some questions oh, we do have slash questions. comments. Yes. Yeah. Well, you get so, those pulled uh, up for me. Uh, Nico 
in the server asks, uh, should Lars have all the powers Lion does, like the warping slash teleporting thing, walking on water, and yelling or roaring attacks? Also, is Lars now immortal and forced to outlive his parents and human friends? Which brings up the question of whether or not Steven will die of old age eventually, and that has more questions attached with the final, uh, with finale spoilers. Um, A, I don't think Steven can ever die. Um... He, he has been shown to have, like, an extreme healing factor. Like Wolverine, I think he's immortal. Mm. Um, I also... I think... It just think occurred Lars, to me that Lion can walk on water. <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> Lars is Jesus Christ. Rebecca Sugar is like, I see your Christ metaphor and I raise you this stink boy. (laughs) Yeah. I think it would be fun if if Lars had similar uh, powers to Lion, um, but is too unself-aware to actually utilize them. I mean, I I feel like that's. We, we're never shown that Lars doesn't have those powers. He just has had those powers for way less time than Lion does. Yeah. Like, I think it's the difference between Lion being like a... Like, Lion's obviously more intelligent than an actual lion. Um, maybe because of magic, maybe because he's always just been a smart lion, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's the difference between, like, Lars being like a person and needing to have intention... And like in lion, like functioning more out of instinct because he is like an actual animal. Mm-hmm. So I think Lars probably does have those powers, but doesn't think about having those powers because he still yeah. thinks of himself as like a regular person. Yeah. Or he might develop them over time. Lion's hundreds of years old, probably. If not thousands. No, I think he's only 100 because remember um, first mate Billy or what have you saw Rose with the pack of lions. Yeah, but we don't know. No, you're right. You're right. None of those lions were pink at that point. Um, Yeah, I think they would have made a made a because one of those lions is probably lion. Yes, you're right. Um, so yeah, Lars is definitely going to outlive uh, his human friends and family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steven, Fun times. Steven has cursed Lars with immortality. Yep. Good shit. Good shit. Um, Philo in the server has made uh, several statements. Mm-hmm. Number one, sick Ace Attorney reference bro. Um, I do not Ace Attorney, so I will take your word for it. Yeah, I'm sure there was one in there. Yes. Um, uh, She also says, ah, man, Lars did bend the cake, which, yeah, that fucking sucks, Mm -hmm. but Lars is a weenie and can't handle social interaction and still be normal about it, so it makes sense. Uh, And number three, Pad Paracha, best gym is here. (laughs) <laughs> um, I know Brian would disagree, but I do think Pad Paracha is very cute. Um, I like her a lot. And just cursory Googling uh, Pad Paracha is a type of sapphire. Okay. Makes sense. 
Yes. I wonder if there are other Pad Parachas that, like, don't see the past. Um, yeah, or if it's if Pad Parachas in general are considered to be, like, like how Amethyst cooked too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Pad Parachas are what happens when Sapphires cook too long. Yeah. Um, or don't cook long enough. Who knows? Yeah, for real. Then um, uh, Izzy had some things. Yes, uh, Izzy says, so how about that big poly gem fusion? Um, yes, uh, fluoride is good. Um, it's nice to see a, a big happy polycule just <laughs> chilling, hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we did just talk about uh, broadly how I felt about the way that these minority gems are being portrayed. Probably not perfect, um, but much better in the context of this narrative than the last time they tried this. Yes. Yeah. Um, who is our favorite of these weirdos? I like Road Knight. I love Road Knight. <laughs> I'm torn because Fluoride is very fun, but I love Pad Paracha. Mm-hmm. Pad Paracha. She's just so. Every time we see her, that gimmick never gets old somehow. <laughs> she's so cute. I love her. She's like, what if, uh, what if Sapphire loosened up a little? Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think if Lars grew his hair out, Steven could fit in it? Um, I think Steven, I mean, Steven fits in it now yeah. somehow. I mean, I think it's because, so. like, it's not. I, I I think once Steven's in there, the portal is as big as it needs to be. I mean, yeah, but. Ultimately, it doesn't seem like the the length of Lars's hair really has anything to do with whether or not Steven can fit. You know, it occurs to me as as like when we see Lars in Steven Universe Future, his hair is like basically the same. So I don't know if Lars's hair can grow anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Lars is just stuck like point. this forever. Ah, the the joys of being a teenage Zombie mm-hmm. slash vampire. Fucking Lars Edward Cullen just like commiserating. Yeah. Um and uh uh Izzy f- uh concluded by saying Lars is in an Isekai. That's not a question, just a fact. I'm not sure I agree. Because it's not uh, which like Isekai means you go to, like, another quote-unquote world, but, like, in a different dimension sense. Like, Lars is still in his reality. It's just his reality is bigger than he thought it was. Yeah, because, like, by... If you you consider this to be an Isekai story for Lars, then it's a slippery slope to Star Trek is an Isekai. Or, like, Bleach Uh, is an Isekai. Yeah, it's... Is Bleach an Isekai? I, I don't actually, think Bleach is, because, like, it's all... I don't yeah, think... I wouldn't consider it one. Yeah, I, I don't think Bleach is an Isekai. Or, like, Yu Yu Hakusho um, is obviously not an Isekai, you know. I mean, not that... Yeah. Lars also doesn't go through a tournament arc. There is no fucking... Like, this. Is, Lars does not become a, a shonen anime protagonist. Yeah. Sort of. But, actually, mm, we'll talk about it when he shows back up. <laughs> 
But uh, Tumblr user Prokopets uh, was literally uh, blogging about isekai stories uh, this this week, and I was reading uh, some of the posts that he had uh, about it um, and talking about how isekai is a genre that kind of like defies uh, defies categorization because in a large number of cases, like if you drill down into it, there it's a genre that is defined by its exceptions rather than its rules. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm not sure that I agree that this is an isekai for Lars. Like, I feel like maybe from Lars, Lars's perspective, if, if the show were from Lars's perspective, I'd buy that. But from, we're not, getting that and i don't think that lars's component of this story would be an isekai yeah um especially as a person who's just finished watching both season two of the owl house and season three of amphibia (laughs) both decided isekai shows yeah uh I'm inclined to agree. Um, yeah. Not to say that you're and, wrong, and for Izzy. The... It's just, uh, I mean, we are, obviously, August and I are the uh, sole authorities on all things. Uh, all things isekai. Yeah, in anime. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but for the record, Izzy, that is the one that I would not have touched on uh, had you not said anything about it. So, mm-hmm. um. um. <clears throat> let's see you mentioned tumblr man we should have been involved in tum- like and a realization I, not to make so, five seasons into your podcast yeah so so that's the thing i've been listening to homestuck made this world and one of the things that uh the host one of the hosts of that show does is kind of trawl back through like forum posts and stuff mm-hmm. to give like kind of a fandom snapshot um and that would have been interesting, but there's no really good way to do that well, I mean, on like, Tumblr. And advertising I know... our show on Tumblr. Oh. Yeah. Well, we're too late now. We're almost done. Uh- <laughs> I mean, we're almost done with Steven Universe, but that doesn't mean the show is, is almost done. True. Though we haven't decided. Audience, there is a little bit of. August and I are discussing what the post Steven Universe show is going to be. We've got a little bit. Ooh. There's no discussion. There's only one option for what the very next show should be. What? Utena. Duh. Oh, I thought we talked. A, I don't think we've said Utena on. Have we said Utena on air yet? We have now. Well, I can cut but- this. Uh, I'm going to cut this because I'm going to mention like I thought we were going to depending on like what the release of the movies is looking like for Owl House. We were going to do the Owl House since it's pretty short by comparison to Utena. I don't think it's that short by comparison to Utena. Utena's like 26 episodes or something. Oh, yeah, like that. you're right. So it's probably about the same length. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. So Owl House I was cool. under the impression we were doing Utena and then Owl House. Oh, no, I was talking about because like. Uh, by the time we're done with this, like by the time we're done with Steven Universe, we should be roughly in the point that the third Owl House movie is coming out. 
And I thought if we got at that point in time, people would be like, and if it's not, then we'll do attendance, whatever. Um, I was just going to like try and take advantage of SEO <laughs> mm. because people mm. like Owl House will be ending and a lot of people will be wanting to rewatch it. And so we could jump on top of that. And also, it's a good show and okay. I wouldn't mind rewatching it, but also it'd be nice I mean, to like I- do the thing that people kind of are looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's that's fair. And Uten that's is fair. not going anywhere. I mean, anywhere. I certainly. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Anyways, we're back. I cut a lot of stuff you guys didn't hear. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, about the mythical post Steven Universe life of gay space rocks. Um, we're gonna start. We're gonna start reading the Twilight series. <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh my Jack god. Did. We're we're gonna we're gonna read Lord of the Rings chapter by chapter no the the thing is we need another like i what we need is like lord of the rings but also lord of the rings but written but from sauron's perspective we'll do we'll do what oh we'll do God. what uh um shrieking shack is but we'll do it with 50 shades of gray because <laughs> they have both books no <laughs> absolutely not absolutely absolutely not absolutely not <laughs> um but yeah, so next time we are watching uh, Dewey Wins, Jim Cation, and Raising the Barn. Uh, the drama don't stop. Not this season. No drama stopping. Um, uh, be sure to check out all our stuff. Um, I'm not going to go through all of the plugs because we've been at this for almost two hours now. Um Yeah. So uh, just check us out. You know our socials. Come talk to us in the Discord. I forget to constantly, constantly forget to ask for questions, but we do interact with people there. We've got a great community. I cannot stress that our Discord is probably the, the like, if you want up the, the, the minute information about the things that we're doing, the, the Discord in the link below is the place to be. Um, Or if you just want to see a bunch of shit posting. Just so much shit posting. Uh, oh, I forgot the other thing that I watched this week that was extremely important to me. Oh, Bo Burnham put out outtakes from oh, inside. Yes, it's like an hour and ten minutes long by itself, and also ter- tells its own narrative. And it has. I, I saw the the Joe Biden song, which is perfect. So no notes, relatable. <laughs> I see why he didn't put it into Inside, but like perfect no notes sort of song or song yeah uh there's also multi there's also inside that songs that were cut from inside are jeffrey bezos three and four what (laughs) there's more jeffrey bezos songs oh my god um so good times good times uh watch it it's it's a fun watch um, but I think that's it. I believe it's my turn because you did the out last time. Uh, that is correct. All right. Um, well, dear audience, I implore you to be like Cookie Cat and die and be resurrected by a child. Become, become the son of the Lord. Peace. Peace.